0: Amen. Amen. Psalm 25. Just to kind of break the ice a little bit. We've already busted the ice up, but you know how when people have allergies and it's way down in their ears and they can't do that and so they go, like that? y'all know what I'm talking about? Well, I thought somebody over here was doing that, but that's a frog outside the window. I said, somebody needs to take them a Benadryl is what I thought. We got some back yonder in the drawer. All right, Psalm twenty-five. Now that I I like making a fool out of myself, it makes my flesh say, Hey, quit talking about running. Just run one of these days. All right. Psalm 25, we're just going to read verse number four. The Bible says, Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. Now we're going to be through the first probably ten, twelve verses here. And uh, I'll not keep you long tonight. My hand up, Boy Scouts pledge, whatever you want to call it. Not keep you very long tonight. But I want to preach on the thought of God's way. Now, every person, every time you turn around, it seems like they're trying to find something new. Um, schools are trying to teach something new. P- uh, employers are trying new ways to boost um, uh whatever productivity what not uh churches are trying different programs and this that and the other uh, I, it seems as though someone is constantly trying to find something new whether it be a new way of doing things or a new way to 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 pay a new way to earn money or what have you You do a Google search and you say ways to do this and you'll find there's thousands upon thousands of ways. But God has seemingly taken away that problem if we're going to find His way. Because there is only one way. There is only one way to Him. We know that. That's through Jesus Christ. And so they, he's taken he's taken that guessing out of it. He says, "If you want to come to me, you've got to. Come, if you want to go to the Father, you must come through me." Right, Amen. And so we know that the way of salvation has been taken care of. But now that we're saved, is there only one way to walk? Well, in in the words of your King James Bible. Yes, there is only one way. Now, God may have Brother Stanley on a path, and Brother Jody on a path, Miss Irene and Braylon on a path, and they may not, they may walk parallel, or they may walk perpendicular, they may go in a, in some sort of another pattern, but it is the path that God has placed them on, and it's a path that leads from salvation To eternity. Amen? And so, with that thought in mind, we preach on God's way. And I want us to notice, first of all, its characteristics. Now, again, we look at verse number 4, and we're fixing to go to verse number 5. But I want to read that text. Show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. But here, we see, first of all, the characteristics of the way of God or God's way and its characteristics. However you want to write it down. We see first under this that it is a way of truth. The Bible says in verse number five, Lead me in thy truth and teach me. So this is a way of truth. I've given this illustration before there are there is relative truths and there are absolute truths uh, in in our sanctuary. One may say that this carpet is red, all right, and they wouldn't necessarily be wrong, but that is a relative truth. Why? Because that is a shade of red. It's not exactly red, Uh, brother Jimmy tonight. Man, it's good to see y'all tonight. I appreciate y'all coming. But brother Jimmy has on a red shirt, Miss. I take. Several of you got on red. Miss, uh, Jeans got on a red blouse. Miss, uh, uh, Jim's wife's got on a red blouse. Miss Lori has got on a red skirt. But every one of those, you line them up, every one of them, including the carpet and the pews, are different shades of red. Now collectively, we can say, well, they're, re- they're wearing red. But it is a relative truth because it's not absolute. Alright? So what absolute truth is, let's just say, and I don't know, this particular carpet, it is not just red, but it is burgundy, or it is maroon, whatever it may be. Men tend to say it's red, blue, yellow, whatever it is. And I know yeller's not a word, but I guarantee you it's a color. And so uh, that is that is absolute, and then, then there's relative truth. We've given you the illustration of maybe a, a, someone that's colorblind. They may not be able to see red, and to them it may be some other color. Maybe it's, uh, I don't know, maybe it's black or maybe it's brown. To them, as they see that particular color, let's just say it's brown, they look at that and go, why y'all got brown carpet in the church? Well, to the rest of us, we say, well, that's not brown. But see, it was relative to them. The absolute is it's whatever color it is. But God's way is a way of truth. The word truth here is, he says, I want you to lead me in thy truth. It means stability or certainness. In other words, it's unmoving. And God's way is unmoving. If we're not careful, and I believe we can blur the lines here just a little bit. If we're not careful, we'll get God's way and God's Word kind of confused tonight. There would be no harm in that. There'd be no harm in that, but specifically it's speaking of God's way, the direction that He has given us. Now, we know that the way to find that direction is through the Word of God. And so God's way is certain, but it is also stable. If you go to, here we are, we're fixing to go into an election year next year, and it's already happening, it's been happening for for, as long as there's been an election, it's been happening, there's been false statements made, there's been true statements made. There's been unstable statements made. There's been uncertain statements made. Uh, But every time you begin to look at God's Word and God's way, you will find it as truth. And it is stable. So we're talking about its characteristics. But then we look at it's uh, its a way of truth, but it's a way of mercy. Look with me quickly in verse number 10. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep His covenant and His testimonies. So it is a way of mercy. And aren't you glad of that this evening that God's way is one of mercy? Uh, He could have went right by you. He could have not offered you salvation. He could have done anything that He so desired. But I'm glad that His way is a way of mercy. You've heard that old statement that mercy is not getting what you do deserve. And I was looking up a song about a week or so ago. It's called, Mercy's Hearing. Back in the late 1990s, I believe it was, the Kingdom Heirs came out with the song, and it's about a mid-tempo song, but it's talking about a courtroom setting, and then all of a sudden, Mercy, uh, he came in, not Mercy Walked In, that's a whole other song, but Mercy came into the courtroom, and it was presented as a witness. Amen. And so Mercy stood on the witness stand, and they had to hear its testimony. And mercy spoke against the, the accusations against the, the person that was being convicted to be saved, being drawn to save, or maybe even the saved person that had done wrong and that old accuser came up and he said, listen, mercy has a statement to make. They do not, they may deserve it, but they are not gonna get it because it's been placed on Christ's account. And so it is a way of mercy. Another definition of mercy is kindness. Uh, when you do not deserve kindness, there is mercy. Uh, there's been many times uh, that folks have, been, have, have hurt myself or hurt my family or somehow have done wrong and they did not deserve any kindness they did not deserve mercy but i'm thankful tonight because of the friendships that have come out of that hurt and have been maintained in spite of that hurt that mercy was extended to them but oh my soul when i think back about finding the way of god and knowing that a characteristic was uh, mercy within the way of god what a blessing because i know what i deserved i know what was coming to But thanks be unto God, he decided that he would give mercy. It's also a way of obedience there in verse number 10. He talks about his way is mercy and truth. And unto such as keep his mercy covenants and his testimony. Now we will look at this word covenant here in just a moment, but first we look at the word keep. We're talking about the God, about God's way and its characteristics. We see that it is a way of obedience and it uses the phrase such as keep his covenant. This word keep, it means to guard or maintain. And I believe that one reason why so many folks have gotten out of God's way is because because. "...because they've let down their guard." Did y'all hear me tonight? The reason so many people have gotten out of God's way is because they've let down their guard. Because they stopped maintaining their relationship with God. Now listen, I've been uh, married for tw- almost 21 years. And I realize that we could have years ago, we could have put it on autopilot. And we could have ate in the same house. We could have slept in the same bed. Uh, we could have gave one another a casual kiss good night every once in a while. Uh, we could have done different things, but listen, if we want our marriage to last, if we want our marriage to continue and to have that same love today that we had when we said, I do, there's got to be maintenance. You've got to continue that relationship. you got to continue to court that woman or court that man and, and tell them that you love them. Show them that you love them. Do things to show that you love them. Prove that. That love to them. And as far as God's way and the characteristics, know that God's way is one of obedience. And if we're gonna be in God's way, we're gonna to have to maintain it. Uh back on uh uh back in June, whenever Brother Jim was working on, on the platform, whenever that was, it was in May, I believe it was, or the end of or the end of May, beginning of June, uh I made a phone call right out there on the front porch to uh the, the county. And said, listen, on Murphy Mill, there is a huge pothole right in the middle. And uh, if you're not careful, I mean, you'll hit it and it'll jar everything. They said, okay, well, it's raining today, but we'll be out there tomorrow to fix it. Well, the days and the weeks passed. And then finally, while we were at Camp Canaan last week, somebody came and patched the hole. Now listen to me. We're talking about maintaining They could have let that thing go because it started as just a small little piece of asphalt being knocked loose and and come out by the rain. then it got a little bit bigger. And because they didn't maintain it, it kept getting bigger. And it was probably 18 to 20 inches uh, either way. It was a circle. And so if we're not careful in our Christian lives, we see something that's out of place. But because we don't maintain, because we think, oh, that little sin or that little wrong will be okay, it ends up becoming larger than we ever thought it would. And by then, we've stopped walking the way of God anyway, and we've gotten off of the path. And so, the path of God, the God's way, it is a way of obedience. And we must maintain our lives with God. Not only that, but we must, uh, uh, we must uh, keep it or guard it. There's a lot of folks, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of uh, ways to get off the path. Coming down here the other day, coming back home, uh, I was I was car sick, not feeling well. And so Lori said, well, we're going to stop and we'll, we'll go on this particular exit. Well, the reason we stopped on that exit was because it, it, it's got decent restaurants, it's got decent gas stations that are kept, that are clean, that are maintained. But you understand this, that the reason that we did that is because there was something that we desired on that particular exit. That was a Chick-fil-A, that was an Arby's, there was a restroom stop. And so what happened? We were on the path, but something took our attention off the path. And so we veered off the path and we stopped for about 20, 30 minutes. In our spiritual life, there's things, sometimes we get weary Paul wrote in Galatians Galatians chapter 6 verse number 9, let us not be weary in well doing, for in due season we will reap, we shall reap if we faint not. And so there are things that are trying to, to get our minds away from the way of God, but we must guard ourselves. Number two, or, or let me let me just say this quickly, the word covenant, he says, those that that keep the covenant but very quickly, this word covenant, it is a pact or a league with another. And when God saved us, He didn't He didn't come down here and give us a high five and a secret handshake, but He put something within us and thereby making a league with us, making a covenant with us. And because of Christ and His work on Calvary, uh, there is a covenant made with us. And the Scripture says a lot of times when the Scripture uses the word covenant, he's talking about God's words. Now again, these these lines kind of cross every once in a while. And and tonight, if you want to focus on on, uh, covenant being the Word of God, that's fine. But understand, too, that it is the promises of God that by the Holy Ghost of God to you and I that we have in Him. And so, again, we must guard those things. There was a vow made from that woman to myself, and vice versa, on August the 10th, 2002, around 2.20 is when the service started. And I guard those vows. I, listen to me, I guard those vows. Did I say it wrong? Okay. She gets to laughing. I've usually said something wrong. I've, we'll go on. But Brother David, you were there that day. You and Miss Tanya sang at our wedding. You heard our vows to one another. And I guard those things. We were talking on the way back from camp. And and a preacher said something and it was something along these lines he said every preacher is what was propositioned through at some point through his ministry now he was talking of uh, as far as promiscuity he was talking intimately um, propositioned and praise God that ain't never happened to me but i'm not saying that it couldn't But I broke down with just my wife and my two kids in the backyard saying that I value what we have too much to let someone else, whether it be a woman or whether it be a site or whether it be a magazine or whether it be something to draw me away from the love that I have for her and the love that I have for them and the vow that I made to her. But if I can say it, more importantly, the vow that I made before God I tell you, it is a covenant between her and I and between me and God. And God has given us a covenant between Him and us. And I'm going to guard it. I will fight you over it. Quickly, I told you I'd be quick and y'all ain't helping me none, so I've gotten long. Number two, it's instruction. We're talking about God's way. It's instructions back in verse number four. That's our text verse. It says, show me. Show me. Now, Brother Jody, if you said, I want you to show me that verse that you were talking about. Well, I'd have to recall it. I'd have to find it and I'd say, it's right there. Or on the phone or through a text, I'd say, well, it's Psalm 25 verse 4. Alright, so that's how we think about this word show. But the word show here, it means to diligently instruct it means to cause me to know. It's, it's more than just saying, well, there's the road. It's more than just saying God's way is there or it's here. He says, I want you to show, I want you to diligently instruct me. It means that he says, uh, here is the way. And then it means, To take you by the hand and walk on it for a little while. It means to instruct them diligently about where the path is or the way is. Where the path ends. Where the path began. Who originated the path. It means to give them uh, instruction in the way. And the psalmist says, God, I want you to show me the way. It sounds to me like he wants a little bit of fellowship. A little bit of one-on-one. On one time with God. He says, God, I know you, that you are the creator and the originator of all things. God, would you just grab me by the hand and show me your way. I don't want to make any mistakes. He says, I want you to show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. The word teach, it means to incite. Now think about that. When do we hear the word incite? They incited a riot. That's when you hear that word. It always carries a, a negative connotation. There's a, there's a fight. Brother Troutman one time is preaching and he used the word of fracas. And I don't have no idea what he said after that. Matter of fact, I have no idea what he said before that. But David, this, this man... He got up there and he was talking about something in the Bible and he said, and out broke a fracas. I closed my Bible. I could have went home. I had no idea what he was talking about. I said, preacher, look here. What is a fracas? And he liked to roll over backwards. You don't know what a fracas? No, I don't know what a fracas is. I didn't think you could even say that word in the pulpit. I mean, I didn't know what it was. And he said, it's a fight. It's a brawl. Now, if he was wrong, y'all please tell me, because I need some ammunition to get Brother Trout. He said it was a brawl. It was a big fight. So when we think of insight, we, we think about a fracas breaking out. Some sort of a riot. But he says, I want you to teach me thy paths. It means to incite. It means to stimulate. To instigate, to urge forward. It means brother Joe, come here. We just talked about the, uh, the, the 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 psalmist says. I want you to show me. I want you to diligently instruct me, I, Lord. I want you to come down. I want you to show me this path. Show me all these things. And he says, now now teach me. I want you to incite me. I want you I want you to to stimulate and to instigate. He says, God, I want you every time my foot goes, I want you to make sure it goes in the right place. He said, so God, this is what I want you to do. I want you to show me. He says, teach me. I want you to put your foot out and let me put it right there with yours. And Lord, every time you take a step, I want you to take a step with me. You ain't in step with me. Which one are you going on? Let's go on the left foot. Come on. Straighten up. That stride ain't that long. You can't be making a stride. All right, here we Come on, here we go. He says, this your left foot right here. Well, it's the outside foot, and I went without it. Y'all hearing go me? One more time. <laughs> go sit down. I I find, hard I'll find a right-legged person or something else. Well, that, that illustration just went down there. That ended up wherever Fracas went. He said, God, I want you to incite. He says, when my footsteps steps wrong, I want you to be there. I want you to tell me it's wrong. I don't want you to let me do this thing by myself. God, when I when I see your foot lifted up, I want my foot lifted up. When I see your foot planted, God, I want my foot planted. He says, I want you to teach me. I want it to be hands on. You know, we can go to school and we can learn some trade. We can stay in the classroom and we can read all of our books. We can get on our computers and our iPads and we can go through all the steps and we can learn the right way to do things but until you truly get that wrench in your hand or you get that gown on at the hospital and you go to work on somebody or something it's truly not going to connect until someone allows you to lay hands on it or they lay hands on you that's what he's saying here God I want you to touch me I want you to show me your ways then he says I want you to lead me this word lead side by side It means to walk alongside. He says, God, don't leave me. God, I want you to lead me, not leave me. Don't let me do this alone. Then very quickly, I want you to notice last, it's inclusion. Who is included in this way? Well, the Bible says in verse number five, lead me in thy truth. And teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. It's inclusion. I believe it's available to those that wait. The word wait here, it means to bind together. He says, God, I want to know your ways. And I'm going to stick by your side. I'm not letting you leave without me because God I want to be in your ways. I want to know your ways. God, I'm going to wait on you. Where you go, I'm going to go. Lord, if you ever do have to leave me, I want you to know I'm going to be right where you left me. If you ever do have to go to help Jody out or help Hunter out or help brother David out, I want you to know I'm going to be right here and I'm where I'm binding myself to your way. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna uh, just go any any which way. God, I, I want to be bound to Your way. Then we also see in verse number nine. He said, "The meek will He guide in judgment, and the meek will He teach His way." So we look here and we see that its inclusion also includes the meek. If you remember, if you remember back when we were dealing with the uh, the fruit of the spirit, I told you about meekness. And I said, meekness is not weakness. We're not talking about those who can't stand up for themselves. We're not talking about those that are, that are, um, that are just un, unfit for duty. We're talking about those that are humble. Those that would prefer a brother above himself. We're talking about those who see someone in the way that they may be struggling. And this meek person, they go, they vary. I had to make a phone call yesterday. I had to make a phone call yesterday. I'm not going to give you details. I'm not going to give give names. But a preacher friend of mine, I had to make a phone call. And I had to not rebuke him, but I had to give him some honest criticism. And I had to say, listen, this shouldn't have been said. It's Water under the bridge. God knows your heart. But now you take it and you learn from it. That's what meekness is. You can take one of these books and you can beat somebody over the head with it, and you could say you're going to get this before I leave here, and they'll go home black and blue. Or in meekness, you can lead someone else. And so I believe the as far as the inclusion of God's way, I believe it is available. It it includes the weak, but it also in verse number ten, those that again keep His covenant. All right. Now I told you before that. Uh, it's uh, it's a way of obedience that characteristics those that keep His covenant. I'm not going to preach anymore more on that. But I do know that those that keep His covenant. We, we, we think about Romans 8.28. Everybody wants to claim Romans 8.28. But I believe there's a specific group of people in there that Romans 8.28 is written to. you got to love God. There, there's, there's, some, there's some things in there, some, some requirements in there for things to be working out. And so those that keep his covenant. But then he says, those that fear the Lord. Verse number 12. What man is he that feareth the Lord? Now, y'all read this. Y'all look at your Bible now. He ask the question, what man is he that feareth the Lord? He answers, him shall he teach in the way that he shall choose. His soul shall dwell at ease, and his seed shall inherit the earth. He said that man that feareth the Lord, it's going to be the one that God chooses, or it's going to be the one that God, he uses the word here, uh, teach. He says in the way that he chooses. That man that fears the Lord, he's going to choose God's way. And as he chooses God's way, God is going to teach him. There's so many Christians. I, I was thinking about, I don't care to name him. I was thinking about Phil Kidd yesterday. And I was thinking about how rude he was and, and how cantankerous he was. and I hope the whole world hears me how crazy he is now. But you see, Samuel, I was saved under that type of preaching. I was raised with kind of a hard hand. And this willy-nilly type preaching, it wasn't working for me. I needed somebody to call out my sin, and I needed somebody to just flat tell me I was on my way to hell. I, I didn't need somebody to say, now we're all, we're all sinners, that's true. But I needed something more than that. I needed somebody. You, know, you hear about hear about people point, preachers pointing their finger in your face. He didn't necessarily point his finger in my face, but the Holy Ghost did. And he used he used the the cruelty, if you will, of Phil Kid and his style of preaching to speak to my heart. Bible says those that fear the Lord. We're not talking about those that are cocky. We're not talking about those that have a, have a better than you are mentality. We've already established the meekness, so we're not even talking about the meek. We're talking about those that honors, that admires, that reverences God. I don't believe that the Bible teaches that we are to be Fear, fearful as far as trembling with fear, the word phobos, I don't think that's, I don't think that's what God intends at all. As a Christian, the Bible says that we can come boldly unto the throne of grace. The Bible teaches that we can call him Abba, Father. I don't know any daddy, any true daddy. That would want his children absolutely scared to death of him. But I believe every daddy wants their children to know who their daddy is. I believe every daddy wants his children to understand when he speaks, they listen. And they do. They follow directions. That's the type of fear. It is a respect. It is a reverence. And so we think tonight about God's way. We think about And I'm not going to re-preach it. You you take your notes. You listen to it. Whatever. You think about God's way. And how many people that we run into every single day that are not on or in God's way. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. But can I offer you a challenge tonight? If we're to be meek and we're to be fearful... And at some point, there's got to be a burden for somebody that's not quite walking the way of God. Will you allow God to show somebody the right way? They they may need somebody to point their finger in, the, in their face. Well, Jody, I've heard when you got saved, you were just, you're teetotal. I mean, you're just, yeah. The folks that you ran around with, that's what they needed. The folks that we deal with down there, that's what they need. Maybe somebody that you know, they need somebody to point their face. Quit pulling your punches and get in their face. Then at the same time, you may have somebody that's been beat up all of their life. And they truly need someone to love them. And I'm glad that God makes His way Available to those that need love and those that need a little bit of roughing up.